0: I'm five weeks late. That's not like a pregnancy thing. Um, I... I just... It's been five weeks since my last podcast and I wanted to say I'm sorry. Um... But I'm actually not that sorry. Because, um... Yeah, it's my podcast. Like, like literally just me and... Um, I don't like have any employees, nor am I making any money off of it. So it's like, I like had to go, I, I moved, I had to get a new job and stuff. And I was like, wow, you know, like, my first priority right now isn't actually that podcast, but I desperately missed it. And um, so I apologize, but realistically, things got in the way. And, uh, and I'm I'm back here recording now, and I hope that we can all make amends. Also, I was thinking about intro music, and I actually decided that if um, someone wants an intro song on the Dairy Section podcast, they can like send me one. Uh, um, because I don't, I don't really care. I don't think a fucking intro song is important. I don't, some some podcasts have banger intros, but like I actually hate a lot of the intros on some podcasts. And and this way, when I start riffing right off the bat, i just getting to the meat of it. Um. You don't have to like wait for like the, I guess it's probably important for branding or whatever though, but I don't care. Um, yeah, I said I moved, I moved back to, uh, living with my parents. Um, I'm like a stat, I'm becoming a statistic, you know, like, uh, it's probably like revenue Canada or stats. Canada says one in one in two males, live with their parents again because they're fucking losers and that's me um no I live with I moved home uh back to my hometown and so I started living with my parents um because uh I didn't really want to hop straight into a rental and and then like be like maybe like one or two months or maybe three months into the rental and be like oh this isn't the wrong call uh, or this is the wrong call and then like have to break a lease or something not that I would ever do that not that I just did that in Edmonton not yeah um uh and there's no leases here at my parents and there's usually like um soup when I go home from work or something um so a lot of a lot of soft perks um but also um I don't know living with your parents is really hard in its own way probably don't really need to explain that uh I do feel like a bit of a bitch, though, because, like, I'm, like, reading the news, um, and, uh, was, like, Iranian youths, like, losing their vision to, to protest, um, uh, like, at uh, the authoritarian regime, which I don't know who's in charge in Iran, probably a bunch of religious dickheads, I know they're, like, not into, like, women showing skin and stuff, so, like, you know, I don't know if they, I don't, like, Sharia law, sort of gay, if you think about it, because like, guys are allowed to show as much skin as they want, but like, you can't even see a woman's ankle, like, (sighs) like, just sort of sound a little bit, not hetero, um, so yeah, and then like, uh, Qatar, Qatar World Cup, and everyone's like, yeah, it's like, well, first of all, there's no beer, uh, in the stadium, and um, uh, they were like, they pulled the old whoopsie doodle on uh, everyone. Like, you know, a bunch of like English fans like didn't care that migrant workers died and like w- didn't care about like slaves and like indentured servitude, but are genuinely pissed about the no beer thing. Even though, from my experience, like, um, uh, I don't really, I've never really watched soccer. I, I think it's a horrible sport, to be honest, but. Uh, it's like the world's most popular sport probably because you can like just kick a like a bag of trash around and that's soccer and so there's not like a big barrier to entry whereas like hockey's like two fucking million dollars to get your kid in and it's cold and parents don't really want to sit and um you know be cold but like you, 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 just, you can let your kids out unsupervised into some dirty like favela uh alleyway and they'll just kick like a fucking can of uh, I don't know actual just dog shit around and and and, and then set up some goal posts with like scraps of clothes and that, that'll be soccer um, and then it's not like but yeah I guess you know what soccer's not the worst sport though like I don't know lots of shitty sports out there imagine getting your kid into like professional tetherball or something be like first of all not a team sport so just lonely Um but yeah so like Qatar No beer, slaves A bunch of migrant worker, worker deaths Um uh, I don't know Iran conflicts Iran. No um I said Iran but uh Ukraine conflicts still going on The war in Ukraine And then I'm sitting at home and I'm just like I cannot believe that I have to wear Pants in the house again Um Yeah, so it's funny. Comparison is the thief of joy, they say. But comparison, like, up, like, you can never, like, feel better about your circumstance. I, I don't know why that, I mean, I'm sure some people can, but I don't know why that doesn't work. Like, I, why can't I, like, drive past the hospital and see that dude who's, like, in a wheelchair, but he's, like, still getting pushed out to smoke and be like, at least I'm not that dude? Like, why can't that work? Like, I can say that, but it doesn't genuinely give me joy. Um, I think that's probably like a mechanism in humanity to keep us moving forward or whatever and like not kill ourselves when we're in an obvious worse position than our peers. But I do wish that I could just like drive down to the daycare and look at like the ugliest child and just be like, starting off rough. Like at least I'm not that kid. Um, uh, so yeah so i'm uh, back with my parents uh the obvious upside is being saving money i got a job at a um uh with a friend's company his father owns it and and he's like the he's definitely also my boss there's not really a like a strict structure there but like uh there's welders millwrights machinists um uh, do a lot of fabric fabrication and i'm sort of like shop igor um They just need someone to help, uh, do a lot of the things that fall in between the cracks. Um, trades guys, uh, are extremely capable, um, like tradesmen, tradeswomen, very capable people and, and generally pretty focused in their own way. Um, in fact, I thought that, um, or I've experienced that a lot of tradesmen are pretty scatterbrained in their interests and, 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 um, and outlook but their trade has become a way to focus their attention or whatever. And, and they can express a lot of their, you know, uh, productivity through that specific. Um, I don't know if this door squeaking is being recorded right now, but like, thanks mom. I said, be quiet. And then she's just squeaking (laughs) doors. Um, uh, their productivity is focused through this one like instrument. Uh, what take welding, for example, where they they might have all sorts of interests and whatever, but uh, and, and how they speak and 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 organizationally they might be a bit disorganized. But when it comes to welding, it's just like you know, it becomes a you know, an extension of yourself or whatever. And it's it's really refreshing to work around, especially when compared to the uh, I was in the hospital and service industry, and um, like going back into industry because I worked in an industry, and I should uh, heavy industry because uh, I remember I moved to Victoria, and people say, "Are you in the industry?" And I said, "What industry?" And they're like, "It was it meant hospitality, like in Victoria, industry means bars, hotels, nightlife, tourism in general." which is fascinating to me because uh when I grew up industry meant um generally logging or mining uh so I'm back in like uh uh, I'm just gonna say heavy industry uh as a catch-all but generally uh related to timber production uh there's other things that uh, the company I work for does as well like it does working at mines and stuff as, as well but um but timbers, uh, the the predominant one up here, and uh, the the biggest obvious difference between something like hospitality and heavy industry is is pay. Like um, I'm receiving a wage that is most definitely a living wage. Um, uh, it's right around thirty dollars an hour, um, give or take. R- remains semi ambiguous so nobody gets mad about. Um, like, what exactly I make in case, like, my 68-year-old co-worker finds my podcast, and he's just like, well, back in my day, you know, like, I can't have that, you know, falling out, but, um, yeah, so I'm a bit of a shop bitch, you know, I help, I sweep, uh, I do all sorts of stuff, but, uh, it's been really refreshing because my boss also, like, just chucked me the keys to, um, a tele- t- telescoping lift, which a lot of people call Zoom Boom or whatever, but it's just big multi-thousand pound piece of heavy machinery and he's like oh it's not that hard like go play around with it and get you know comfortable in it and i've only been working there like two and a half weeks and now i move shit with this big fucking machine and uh, i have some experience um about five years ago i I ran um like some forklifts and stuff but like it was just refreshing to not (laughs) like pretty much get treated like a uh, uh uh a sea monkey by my bosses um uh because in the hospitality industry, I, I felt very much that they looked at me like like a, a very replaceable unit. Um, uh, I imagine their scheduling app looks like a like a like a bar simulator video game where there's like three slots behind a bar and you have to like click and drag like fucking um, like uh, animated people that sort of like, you like plop into those like highlighted spots. they didn't care it was just whoever was available and stuff and there's a there's a level of trust in my current job that is you know it's really refreshing and and it goes to say that like when you specialize or whatever get more education whatever you want to call it but when you increase your increase your perceived value to an employer and you're uh you increase your difficulty to be replaced easily, then all of a sudden you start getting treated better, which is not the way it should be. Um, I worked at McDonald's, but that was my first job, and I was actually treated very well there. Uh, I felt that um, even though many people could do that job, I was the one who was doing it at the time, and my manager and owner were, were good to me. Um, and then immediately, as I left that job, it had been many jobs after that, that I just felt like pretty much a gear in a machine. And I think that maybe there's a a level of um, speciality, specialization that you reach that you don't feel that way, or you get into a good company or good work culture. But I would imagine the fast track is like education, achieving education and going like niche. Like if you were a, a, a social worker, you could fill a lot of social worker roles, but then going further and being like, well, there's specifically this type of social worker needed in terms of like working with youth, so youth social worker or whatever. And like, the more you specialize, the more like a, a, that role uh, can only be filled by you. And like, then, you know, they're willing to give you time off when you need time off because like, it's obviously a lot easier to give you two weeks off than fire you. And so I'm reminded of that and these are maybe obvious lessons that everyone's going, duh, but I don't know. This has just been my experience intuitively learning it in my adulthood. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like uh, it's been nice to just go to a place that I feel like people see me as a a human first and um, a worker second and that, yeah, we're all there to make money, but like the money is going like my owner the owner of the business i work for is is my friend's dad and like I, I don't want to cheat him out of any dollars because you know that's directly taking from his pocket and even if he's wealthier than me doesn't mean that the level of stress and work that he puts into the company shouldn't be remunerated at a value uh equal to you know whatever certainly he worries about that job a lot more than i do you know he takes it home with him every day and his phone calls all hours of the day and stuff like good for him for making more money if i wanted to take a bigger role in in a, in a in a in a company i could do so but i just i'm saying that i feel it's it's a better change of pace it's maybe not something that i want to do forever um but really how reasonable is wanting to do something forever for most people uh very few people wake up one day and say that they want to be a firefighter or an astronaut or a crane operator or a baker then go out get the training to do that and do it for the rest of their life that's just not a it's certainly not a modern reality uh, due to you know the massive labor shortage and all sorts of interesting fun things coming up in the labor market uh but it also in the past was never I'm like tribal life and hunter gatherers. Like, yeah, there was people who were better at hunting and people who were better at gathering. But like some days you'd be building a raft because he came to a river. And it's just like, I'm not, the, I'm not the designated raft builder, you know, like maybe like, like uh, uh, Spongegar over there is way better at building a raft than I am. So we're going to ask him tips. But like, I'm still here building a raft with him. So we're all raft builders today. And then tomorrow, maybe we'll be uh, rock climbers, you know, and we're tracking all in the pursuit of tracking a, um, an animal and eating it or whatever. And there is definitely like, I think strain dangerously close to, uh, Marx's territory, but like Marx's idea of, uh, alienated labor where you're like, you become like just one step in a process and it's no longer artisanal you know like a baker who only uh uh produces rolls uh, bread rolls and then the bread rolls get taken by someone who sells them and stuff and, and gets broken down into a chain versus a baker who owns the bakery chooses the recipe he wants to make uh you know like designs the recipe itself makes it sells it to the customer you know carries it throughout the, uh, the inception to, to final product and, and finally the remuneration for it, you're a lot more in touch with your work. Um, which I think maybe uh, maybe there's always been that counterculture. I think in the 60s and 70s, a lot of people were trying to achieve like returning to that beginning-to-end style living in communes or, or alternative communities and that never went away, but at times it's ebbed and flow. It was probably a lot less popular in the nineties to be on a commune than it was in 1965. Um, and it was probably, it's probably a lot more popular to live on a commune now than it was in, in 2005 or whatever. I'm pulling those numbers out of my ass. Uh, but it seems like in all things there are cycles and, and rhythms or whatever. And, uh, Uh, certainly we're uh, we're as a society pretty um disenchanted with the idea of like cryptocracy and like just like stay in your station and work it or whatever uh or maybe that's just my um outlook or whatever but I think a lot of my friends feel a lot of my peers and friends people I talk to feel pretty like oppressed by the working market right now and I think it's because there's a, a shortage of people like you know I don't you get a new job somewhere and they go like, Oh, usually it's not like that, but like, that's how we have to do it now. Like, you'll just like walk past a room and it's just like full of shit. People just dump in there and they're like, Oh yeah, that that's the shame room. Like that's where everything we like, just can't get to goes. And you're just like sick, like <laughs> glad I'm signing up. Um, and, uh, I think that, like, I've had quite a few jobs in the last, uh, four years or whatever and, um, COVID really fucked the, the market up more labor market, but this was always coming I think it just, you know, got kicked into place by COVID a little quicker but, uh it's hard like you show up to a job site and you're willing to work you want to make money you want to carve out a better life for your family but it's somehow paradoxically the worst time to have a job even though there's nobody else wanting to get a job because it's so lonely out there that all the businesses are like barely afloat so maybe like maybe like when businesses start to close like I think something like 60% of restaurants no not that's too much like 30% of restaurants closed across Canada during COVID and like permanently closed. And I think that was indicative of like an oversaturation of restaurants. Like why do you need 35 restaurants? Um, why do you need nine, uh, pizza places, six Thai food places and, 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 and 14 sushi places all on one street in a place like Victoria. Like ultimately you don't. And the most successful business owners are going to succeed. Uh, and so i think that covid sort of popped a restaurant bubble a hospitality bubble um if i'm using that term correctly because uh, if it, i don't know maybe without covid like we'll see it grow back the bubble will like inflate again so maybe it never really was a bubble but i think there's permanently going to be a decreased demand for for restaurants uh And especially because a lot of the people who left the industry went on to find better jobs, like genuinely just more fulfilling, better work, like working a construction job for a lot of cooks is more rewarding because financially you're being remunerated much better. Um, All of a sudden you're going home at the end of the day, an eight hour day or a 12 hour day with more money in your pocket than the equivalent eight or 12 hour day in in a kitchen, as well as better hours. You know, if you're on the 6 to 2 or 7 to 3 uh, uh, construction worker hours versus uh, pretty classic shift for cooks is something like 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. So literally 12 hours later than a construction worker, uh, you get to join into um, culture a bit or uh, a ma- uh, uh, overall society a bit better. And a lot of chefs uh, or a lot of cooks and chefs didn't have a passion for cooking. Uh, they found it. Like we all find things, we stumble into it and, uh, and we meander our way through life and all of a sudden we're a, a cook or we're a bartender or we're a, a baker or a, a social worker and it's all because maybe your mom did it or your dad or maybe you were inspired at a young age or maybe it's really popular in your town to do that. Uh, there's so many forestry workers here in Smithers and it's just because there's a lot of forestry and yes, while we attract a lot of like outdoors types, there's also the fact of like, uh, that that's just an available job. It's something that gets me outdoors and it pays me semi well. Although forestry is fascinating because a lot of the jobs are like underpaid on one side of things, like the, the, the plant side of things, like it's called silviculture, which is like planting and growing trees, uh, to, 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 to fulfill the um when you cut a tree down you have to plant it you fulfill the regrowth um responsibility of a company and that's like way less paid than say a logger um uh and i think the closer you get to the production of the like the wood into logs or yeah is the better pay you make like the average mill worker probably makes like 30 dollars an hour with no training up to like if you work at a mill as a a skilled tradesman, you could probably get charged out at like $70 an hour. And, um, so yeah, I think I don't know why I was educating you on the forestry industry, but there you go. Um, I think that, uh, in terms of like a labor shortage and stuff, like, wouldn't you think that there's nobody around, there's nobody around to, to, um, work and you jimmy young man strong strapping back uh a can-do attitude and you show up at your work and you go hey like pick me like i'm I'm willing to do work and they're like okay jimmy like this is a spot with a lot of room to grow like we need managers we need you know uh, supervisors we need truck drivers we need all these sorts of things you're working at a, a um uh we're going to a grocery store. And they, they tell you all that. And 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 Jimmy, I said his name is Jimmy. Jimmy goes, sweet. And they're like, we're going to get you started as a cashier. Learn the ropes. And he's like, I love it. Like, I have no problem doing what I'm doing. And they're like, we're going to pay you minimum wage. And Jimmy's like, okay. Like, sort of sus. But, like, entry-level job. Like, I'm new to it. I'll, I'll do it. And he does his job really well. And then he's rewarded, not with a raise, generally, but with more work, right? And I think that that's something that a lot of us have encountered. And if the free market is really free, like, why the fuck aren't these places just shutting down? Like, like I guess we're, we're, we're in, like, a really awkward spot where, um, where places where Jimmy doesn't want to work and he eventually quits still survive because people are willing to work pretty shitty uh jobs just to scrape by and i think this is what like the rise in union movement is all about like uh there are two groceries uh, three grocery stores here in smithers Uh, one of them is owned by the sobe's sobe group it's a Safeway. there's a no frills which is owned by the galen weston president's choice western financial no president's choice yeah president's choice galen weston family and then there's a independent one quote-unquote it's owned by jim pattison so and that's save on food groups but the independent one is like it was bought by jim pattison so it remains semi-independent or something i don't really know how that works but two of them pay better than the extra foods one the extra foods pays like pretty much minimum wage but safeway used to pay like something like $26 an hour for their most senior union employees and then their union got weakened. It got like union busted or something and then like a new union moved in so they get paid less but they get paid less than they did but more than their extra foods counterparts and then there's the the independent one. I think they get somewhere in the middle and it's I'm this is not a pro union uh, podcast. I'm not coming out and saying like all oh, unions are, are the be all end all. I actually think unions have a lot of drawbacks in their own way But, like, if you're doing the work anyway, you should probably get paid more for it. Like, uh, we're seeing all this price gouging, uh, quote-unquote price gouging. I haven't looked into it or whatever. But I guess, like, a bunch of grocery stores makes, like, a bazillion dollars off the fact that they're like, my COVID, my inflation. And uh, I'm like, that just doesn't seem right. Like, why aren't we getting angrier as as people? I don't know. I think I'm a pretty angry person these days. And I, 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 like, I'd be like, if y'all want to go, like, protest a bit, I'd be down, but, um, uh, yes, it's, it's been refreshing to be in a job that sort of, like, doesn't absolutely just objectively suck dick, and, like, just, um, so, it's cool, what else is, what else is, oh, um, so there's a small town, so it's, like, being back here has been, it's so quiet, like, uh, I was, today's Monday, yesterday I was downtown, I went to go shop, and, like, the only things open were, like, a, like the grocery stores, a pharmacy. We don't have... We, oh, excuse me. Um, we have, like, a source, which used to be called Source by Circuit City, but I think they dropped that. But, yeah, we have that. It opened, but it opened at 11. I got to town at 9. I live a little bit, little bit out of town, so I drive to town. I'm just, like, literally standing there with my dick in my hands because nothing was open until 10. I was, like, okay, crazy. And then... Uh, I had to go pay some. Uh, I had to go to the. Uh, we have a Canadian Tire, like that's like our biggest store. Went to the Canadian Tire, try and p- pay for my. I bought winter tires, and there's just nobody there. Like there was literally nobody there who would let me pay. There was like a cashier, and she was like, "I don't know how to do that." I was like, "Damn." <laughs> like, okay, I guess I just won't pay you. Um, uh, I went and paid them today. I shouldn't have. It was too much money. Uh, but yeah, the. The, the source opened at 11. So I went and did my pharmacy. I uh, need to get a prescription filled. So then I walked over to the source, which was like a five minute walk away. And it was like 10, 15 source is just closed to 11. So I once again, took my dick out of my pants and held it for 45 minutes. Uh, but you know what, I went for a little walk. Uh, uh, and it was nice. Like, I think I forget. Uh, it's, it's a whole different ideology up here. Like, when you need something sometimes you just can't get it (laughs) and maybe you should just fucking slow down take a deep breath go kick some snow around have a little walk like you're not gonna die unless you like if you don't get in the source right away and uh it's interesting that when you're in a city when you're the mechanism of preventing you most like generally like most things are open like the walmart i think is open from six or seven a.m all the way to eleven every day uh there's, like, never a reason not to, other than yourself, so there's sort of a bit of shame there. It's just like, oh, I'm such a lazy piece of shit, like, really, I should go to the grocery store. But here, it's, like, on a Sunday, it's just like, well, like, fuck all this open. I'm gonna sit at home. Like, I'm literally gonna just, like, sit in this chair, stare out a window, and sleep. Like, I i don't know what it is with the winter, and up here, it gets dark at, uh, Smithers is fairly north, um, not super north, but it's like dark as fuck at 5 p.m. right now and so it's just like 6 comes around and you're just like you know it's probably time for bed <laughs> uh and then the flip side of that in the summer being like sleep like maybe five hours a night because it's always light out um but uh it's 6 45 p.m. right now and this Monday I've been I'm smithers for about three weeks this Monday is the first Monday I've actually had energy because I've been sort of adjusting to the winter and more physical job it also relates to why i have not made a podcast because i just get home from work and i only work like eight hour shifts but i have to drive 45 minutes each way so plus getting ready or whatever so i leave the house at 5 a.m and i'm back home around uh 4 30 or sorry i leave the house at 6 a.m and i'm back home around 4 30 i wake up at 5 so i'm out of the house for what 10 and a half hours and then i get home and i'm just like literally sit down and just fucking like everything in me not to just fall asleep on the couch uh and like uh I don't know I have a little bit more energy today I'm more adjusted to the sleep schedule so I hope these podcasts return at a more regular frequency another issue I've been having with the podcast is like I'm, I'm caring about a lot less like I just find a lot less interesting and I don't think in a bad way like I'm not trying to be like depressed or whatever but you know, I'm reading about the World Cup and I'm just like, I don't give a fuck, really like, I re- referenced it earlier, I think I mean, I might have yeah, I'm pretty sure I referenced it earlier, I re-recorded the first ten minutes of this podcast because I decided it was just straight shit, so I, mean, I can't remember if it was the first time I mentioned the Qatar thing, but anything, anyway, like, I'm reading about the World Cup, I read about whatever, world news, and I just don't give a fuck and that's another reason I moved up north because it's just like a lot quieter up here, like in in a in a in a worldly sense. Like nobody, nobody, you're not walking on the street and like don't see some homeless dude who yells the new. No, that doesn't happen. But like, I just feel like in uh, I feel like in cities is you're just more connected to like the like the global community. And you know, I actually just don't want to be. You know, like uh, I don't actually give a fuck about the global community so i'm um, uh i'm i'm interested to find some some regionalistic stories more like the last podcast i had out the the sea to sky gondola uh episode uh, which i thought was a super fascinating story um there was a there was a this like uh, terrorist attack up here i don't know if it was classified as a terrorist attack well there's been two things there's been a bunch of bunch of um uh, police and emergency responder vehicles got, like, car bombed, not car bombed, like, lit on fire here, and that was, like, I don't think that really made the news outside of Smithers, but that was, like, crazy. Another big surprising thing to me, too, was, like, how popular it was among, like, the average citizen that, like, a bunch of, like, taxpayer-funded police vehicles got lit on fire, and, like, I also am just like, yeah, fuck the police, but then also I'm like, yeah, we probably shouldn't just be, like, openly, like, stoked that, um cars got lit on fire cop cars but also like fuck the police like I just don't really love the RCMP all that much just think that they're sort of useless um but uh, uh then there's like this like we're building um BCE is having this big gas pipeline put through in this near here uh the coastal gas pipeline and like a bunch of dudes and like painters like white coveralls like with axes just like chopped a bunch of fucking vehicles and like trailers up And that didn't really make the news either. And it it was like weird because it was definitely like not locals who did that. And like, it's not that many people in Northern BC. Like there are 5 million people in British Columbia. 2.5 of those million live in uh, the Fraser Valley. So the greater Vancouver area and like the extended greater Vancouver area. But like from Hope up to Squamish, that's like 2.5 million people. So half of them right there. And then there's 800,000 people on Vancouver Island. So that's, uh, we're at uh, three point three. And then there's, like, another, like, uh, I can't remember. Quite a lot in the Okanagan and uh, Kootenays and stuff. But, like, northern British Columbia, I think, has, like, 200,000 people total. So it's just, (laughs) it's it's like a small city, but it's spread across, like, more, much more, three-quarters of the province, you know, is, like, up here. And so there's just not that many people up here. So, like, you would actually just know if, like, your, your neighbor Jim just, like, left one day, in a in white coveralls or whatever, you know, and he's just gone for a weird time. Like, people wouldn't notice that shit. Like, so, the theory, like, the, the pet theory is that, um, uh, like, some eco-terrorist group funded, like, some out-of-province or out-of-towners to, like, come up here and chop up the pipeline camp. Uh, I'll, I'll try and dig into that, but, um... There isn't a lot of information, but I, I could do some, uh, maybe call some people. Cause some people like, uh, had their, some people I know had their vehicles, um, out there on rental or whatever, and they got them all chopped up and, uh, it's crazy shit. And like, also <laughs> who brings a fire axe to like commit a terrorist act? It's the craziest shit ever. There's some footage of it. Um, let's see if I can find a, a screen grab it. I'll put it as the picture of this just to, uh, just to throw people off. Um, and then uh, yeah so I'd like to do that and um, like dig into some more regional stories so if you have anything that you've always wanted to know about uh, please send it my way there's an email it's uh, Shay mckenzie tv at gmail.com um, and uh, like tv as in television shea mckenzie's s-h-e-a-m-c-k-e-n-z-i-e uh, uh, also uh while we're doing a little bit of logistics here i wanted to really thank my friend laura um she uh designed my new logo uh, uh she just sent it to me like i didn't ask her She was just like oh you inspired me and then i was like can i use this and she's like yeah and i just didn't do it for three months because i was fucking stupid and forgot about it but uh so i've updated it now so thank you very much laura i think it looks way better than my um literal Dairyland milk jug I stole from the Walmart website, uh, via the snipping tool on windows and then blew up and then badly put dairy section of podcasts on there. It had a certain charm to it, I admit, but it's, it's not as nice as the, uh, the, um, cow patterned um, old school milk container, uh, which looks good. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, thanks to everyone who reached out and asked where the podcast is at and stuff because like uh, um, they're worried or they're just missing it which means I have some real friends uh, who really like it I shouldn't say real friends I have lots of friends who didn't ask me about the podcast who are my real friends but I have some real let's say dairy section fanatics uh, and then um, but I, I uh, I'm typing here sorry um but I came to, this is a Stig H. Johansson quote. Uh, and this is the one that always finally gets me off my ass when I like, I'm like, i like, whoa, that'll come. But I wanted to share it with you guys because it's my favorite quote. And maybe I do a quote every episode. Probably not. I'll probably forget about it immediately afterwards. But um, Stig H. Johansson. Uh, johansson who might be like totally a uh, nazi or something i have no idea who this guy is but this is my favorite quote all those days that came and went little did i know that they were life i just feel like moving to smithers was a choice of well i always wanted to come back there and it'll happen one day and you just got to choose happiness now you know you got to choose to do what makes you truly happy now um and you got to uh You got to uh, do it step by step. Um, Quit trying, or I always try to. I was going to tell you guys to quit trying to do something that I do, and that's like the definition of projection. I always try to jump to the top of the mountain when I forget that there's a bunch of steps in in between, you know. Uh, Let's say, for example, like I have recently decided that I want to buy a house, Um, and I'm like looking at housing prices, and I'm just like, well, fuck me. I'm going to just probably just kill myself instead. Um, But it's not about buying a house the day after you decide, right? It's like uh, the point is to like have that goal and then break it down into manageable steps and blah, blah, blah. That's what the fucking teachers always told us when we were like six years old. Turns out that shit work when you get the ball rolling. That just worked good. Uh, but it's hard as fuck because as soon as you stop, uh, a, big, a big old inertia, you know, you're just like lumped on the couch. Um, Yeah, so podcast is... Uh, somehow related to me buying a house at at one point I know it is Uh, I just feel it in my bones Um, I feel like I have more of these like smorgasbord slapped together episodes than actual content episodes but I sort of just like it's it's sort of nice to just talk to um, the microphone and like yeah just like if you don't if people didn't really like enjoy that that would be like probably the reason that I'm not like number one itunes um podcast but uh yeah i feel like that's uh really not the point you know actually um i started listening to the um it used to be called cumtown but now it's called the adam freeland show i think but i might get that wrong maybe they're two separate podcasts with the same cast of characters I'm looking it up the adam friedland show Uh, Anyway, I listened to only one episode, episode 43 today, but a lot of my friends really like them. And that sort of podcast where it's just like a bunch of boys hanging out, or people, because it's not, like, it doesn't have to be gendered, although, like, I do generally enjoy male humor. Males making jokes to other males more, because I'm a male, but, like, if you have a huge objection to that, go fuck yourself. Um, And, yeah, so it's just like, yeah, some guys hanging out. They're all in New York, but some of them are from Texas or whatever, I guess, and... They're just making jokes and stuff. That's really nice. But uh, we could do some episodes like that. I, I Maybe just bring my podcast set up over to my uh, friend's house. Because now I don't live isolated in a city with only my great aunt um, to see. Which, I who I miss. Well, I love my great aunt. But um, she doesn't really make cum jokes <laughs> that that often. Um, I don't think she would understand what um, cum town is about. But yeah, so... Yeah, I think that could be a possibility as well. Maybe weave in like some educational episodes and then just like boys hanging out episodes. I think that'd be cool. Uh, and then I'll, I'll try and title them accordingly. So if you just like absolutely hate that style of podcast, you can just skip that. Um, mm-hmm. That's easier said than done for sure too. Because like that's like wrangling cats. But what if I just like put a podcast set up like on my chest and walked around town and just started interviewing people? That would be horrible. People in Smithers would be... Well, some of it would be interesting. We have, like... We have a homeless encampment here. And it's, like, legitimately nicer than, like, some places I lived in Victoria. It's, like, a bunch of tents and stuff. But, like, they're definitely booling hard down there, just chilling out. But it's right right, right next to the... um, The Cenotaph, I think it's called. Like, November 11th, like... Memorial, uh, veterans Memorial. And so I guess like on November 11th, like everyone was like mobbed up around the cenotaph and like all the homeless people were like, what the fuck are you doing on my lawn? I thought that was, I went and drove best just to look at it. And there was like definitely a lot of shouting and gesturing. Um, so it's just like pretty good deal though. Like one day a year, people really go to the cenotaph to like, like pay their respects. And then the other 364 days, the homeless people just get to sort of just chill out nice little lawn there big like like mono mono uh obelisk big obelisk they can just look at shit sort of like imposing uh it's like a lawn ornament for them but they didn't have to pay for it it's right behind the library so they just go in the library if they're cold um the librarian i went in there she was an older lady when i was like eight years old i went in there she's aged like 40 years in eight years from just dealing with homeless people coming in and just like using the washroom and stuff. Like I was in there getting a library card cause I had this like, um, you know, some sort of, uh, delusion about reading. And, uh, <laughs> just like two guys come in they're just like all fucked up, like super drunk. Uh, it was like t- 2 PM on a Tuesday and she's like, you can't be in here. I told you that. And they're just like, we could be in here. It's public library she's like, you pissed all over the walls last time. (laughs) I was just, I was like, this is crazy as fuck. Like, uh, I was like, oh, so like, can I just give a library card and get out of here? Cause I did not really want to help her with it. Like, no offense, whatever. I don't remember her name, but like, I just didn't really want to deal with that that day. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, please email me, uh, anything that you want to hear about. Uh, if not, uh, I will, uh, I will do whatever I comes to mind. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, uh, probably see you in another five weeks, but maybe sooner. Thanks everyone.